pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. Hey, thanks for joining us. And today you can join me and Roman Travers on the Sunday Cafe on Magic Talk FM, where we're going to be talking about doggy daycares and what's a good one, what's a bad one, and what kind of questions should you be asking the owners if you're thinking of taking your dog to one. Roman Travers, Magic Talk. Uh, grab your dog, teach it to sit, roll over, fetch the paper, make breakfast. But the best way to get all that done is to get a dog behaviourist involved. And Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs is that man. G'day, Darren. Morning, uh, Roman. How are you today? Yeah, I'm really good. I've, oh, yeah. I saw some beautiful dogs yesterday. Dogs mm. everywhere, out walking around, dragging their owners. I know. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I've been trying to fit in some time to walk Izzy the Waimarana, but she's always oh. at doggy daycare. Oh, dear. Oh I dear. know. What's the world That's coming to? not so to? good for you, is it? Not so good for you. Great, great for um, little Izzy, no, I'd imagine. Well, she loves it, apparently. <coughs> I, I mm. often see Craig and Amanda and I say, oh, can I take Izzy for a walk? And they say, well, no, she's a bit tired. <laughs> She's been at doggy daycare. Honestly, we're treating these dogs like people, aren't we? Well, it's uh, probably about time, really, isn't it, that the dogs actually had something good in their life. Mm. A lot of them don't even get out for a walk sometimes, so yes. I'm, I'm, all for, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, um, have you seen a burgeoning increase in doggy daycares around the country? Yeah, I think it's one of the biggest, well, I'd, I've got no stats, but I reckon it's probably one of the biggest growing businesses out there. Mm. Um, certainly in Hamilton, there's, there seems to be one popping up every couple of months. Um not necessarily the great big ones in towns, but um, a lot of home sort of doggy daycares. We we actually took our little puppies for the first time to a doggy daycare last week. Oh, cool. So little Twinkie and Star got shipped off to school. Yeah. How did they cope? <laughs> Um, they had a great time. They were a bit scared when they got there, which is quite normal, mm. um, being puppies. And, and obviously in our household, we're quite quiet. The, the dogs are very quiet. So suddenly to come up into a doggy daycare. Mm. Um, it was very loud when they first got there because all the dogs were saying, saying hello and sort of shouting at each other, <laughs> um, as you do. And they were like, oh, Dad, what's happening? What's happening? What are you doing to us? So <laughs> I, I did I did the, the classic helicopter parent thing. Yeah. Oh, you'll be fine. No, actually, what I did was I just said to the woman, yeah, you take them, I'm off. And I just waved goodbye and drove off. Jeez, and I started to cool. cry. Well, that does <laughs> sound my gorgeous puppies. quite traumatic. <laughs> but let's, before we get on to the different types of doggy daycare, I want to talk about the importance of socialising a dog from a young age, both with people oh. and <clears throat> other dogs. Yeah, so so that's probably the most important. I can't stress it enough. And and there's this, there's a battle at the moment, actually, with um, the vaccinations and the socialisation. I like to think of socialisation as a vaccination, OK? So if you think about you put a needle in a dog to vaccinate them to um, diseases, um, parvovirus and that kind of thing. But the biggest problem you're likely to get with your puppy is the fact they're not socialised. So think of socialisation as a vaccination. It means it has to happen. It's important, OK? Mm. And, and it has to happen within those first 16 to 20 weeks. So there's no point, in my opinion... Um, having your dog fully vaccinated at 16 and then socialising because it's too late. Mm. Yeah, um, You don't need to have your dog um, on the floor seeing um, lots of other dogs to socialise them. You can just carry them around. We carried around these great big Irish setters when we had puppies many years ago around town. They saw hundreds of people. Didn't touch the floor once, mm. but they saw hundreds and thousands of people, dogs and God knows what else, cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those, <laughs> actually it was quite interesting because we were down in Orowa, so it was like a big beach. There were always big... Um, uh, surfboards and, and, and parachutes and things like that. Yeah. So they got they got a really good socialization. Basically, anything that your dog is likely to see in their life, which is pretty much everything, if you can get them to see it around the 20 weeks and make a positive association with it, mm-hmm. 
you're laughing, but otherwise, you've got problems. Mm, okay. Guaranteed, guaranteed. If you do have problems with your Labradoodle or your giant Great Dane or whatever it might be, um, just call now. That's the best thing to do. 0800 844 747. And Darren Rowe can put you in the right direction. Very hard to do a full consultation on the phone. But you do have really good advice, just good common sense. Because I think... Here's my expertise, which counts for nothing. <laughs> we overthink things sometimes when oh, it comes do. to this, don't we? We do, yeah. We, and, and the other thing is we, we put human, human emotions, which sometimes are good. And I'm not saying that dogs don't have emotions because they certainly do. But sometimes we put our, our human emotions on the dog and mm. the dog's just saying, just feed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we put these elaborate ideas of what they're thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah okay. So. Right. okay, so let's look at the different types of dog daycare. And yeah. how do you know which one to choose? Yeah, so uh, it depends on the dog. So um, I quite often get people come to me and they say, oh, I've taken it to so-and-so doggy daycare and, and it's not really had a great time. I don't like that doggy daycare. And, and then I have people come, oh, this one's a fantastic one. Actually, all doggy daycares, as long as they're well run, are absolutely fantastic. The one that we go to with um, um, Twinkle and Star, the, if I can say the bed and biscuit, absolutely fantastic. This is the classic example of a rural um, sort of doggy daycare, mm. so a park style. So it's, it's main, there's indoors, but there's outdoor areas as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really good because our pups are quite high energy and a lot of the dogs in there are really high energy and they can just run it off they can have a great time they can bark their heads off they can do whatever no one's bothered um and but they're all sociable dogs and that's the important thing when you've got dogs in an area and they're running really high energy they have to be sociable because if you think about it the more um the more excited they get the more energy they start to release the more silly their behaviors can sometimes be and if they haven't had that socialization then they might misread situations uh-huh. and they do something stupid like have a fight yep so. Darren, what about the situation where i'm thinking about children children don't know how to use bad language until they go to school in theory <laughs> so is it kind yeah. of like that with dogs yeah. they come back from dog daycare having learned bad habits yeah well sometimes they do and and quite often that's that's the problem isn't it some dogs are suited better to some daycares than others if you want a quiet dog and you live in a town and, and your dog isn't allowed to bark at all don't take it to a rural mm. um, doggy daycare where they can run around and be free and bark their heads off because they're mm. going to learn how to do that mm. yep so yeah it is quite important to match your lifestyle with a doggy daycare um, and that's what makes the doggy daycare good or bad really i guess because um, most people that run doggy daycares have got a um, either a vet nursing background or a really solid dog um, background. Mm. Even though there's no recognised qualifications for doggy daycare, so it's unlicensed. Yeah. Um, you've still got to have a major passion to to want to spend all your all, your whole day with with forty fifty dogs. I take my hat off to people. I really do. It's so, do so do really I. So do I. And work. I look at those people that often you see in big vans with lovely dog mm. sort of paintings on them, <laughs> and they're driving around picking up all the neighbourhood dogs. That it is like watching children. The dogs actually look excited, like they're going to off to have a great time. Why is it that complete strange? to each other <laughs> dogs get on so well well, well dogs are a sociable animal we, we, we've kind of um, I guess if you forget the whole pack environment where there's a hierarchical rubbish um, dogs are actually sociable animals so they love to go and play with each other and as long as they've had that socialization and they know how to do it so they know how to interact with each other without being aggressive um, why wouldn't they want to play? I mean, it's a great idea, isn't it? They get to spend all day running around, playing with their mates, then go home and sleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Darren, if you do have a dog and having a dog is a new thing for you, how do you know that what you're reading online is accurate? How do you know which one to go to? Let's look at that. Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? It's, um, there's 101,000 things on, on, um, on the internet that you could read. I personally think you go to a dog trainer. That's, that's my personal preference because you know you're going to get 
up to date we should get up to date knowledge about um about puppy socialization and <clears throat> there are some pretty bad things out there for socialization of puppies you could go to the association of pet dog trainers that's where um we're members of if you're in Amer- america or there's a the pet professional guild um anybody that's got a um, sort of force free sort of way for puppies but generally speaking most of the stuff on the internet for puppies is pretty standard mm. i will say um it changes then when we get as the dogs get older a little bit but the most important thing is don't worry about your sits and your downs and all those kind of things right don't mm. worry about that in the first 20 weeks just get them socialized that all comes so quickly afterwards if a dog is rounded it makes sense okay yeah. all right so you've decided which doggy daycare to take your beloved dog to what are some of the questions that you should ask the owner yeah, so um, there's, there's a couple of different, there's a couple of other doggy daycares actually before we um, move on there, Roman. Mm. Um, there'll be the town ones that will have an indoor and outdoor area. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of like for your, I would say for your more, a lot of smaller dogs go to places like that. More more sort of dogs that um, haven't got that high energy but still want to release some of it. And then you've got the ones that are quite, um, and they might be a bit more nervous, not so good at running around with dogs. Um, your typical ones are a lot of the smaller dogs that don't like to run with the big dogs. Mm because they'll group them into certain sizes and that sort of stuff. And then you've got them, which I think is quite a good one, um, the home doggy daycares. They're quite cool as well. Um, and they'll be. And the reason I like it is because there'll be limited numbers, and those peop- those dogs get special treatment okay. because they're in someone's home. You've got to make sure it's all safe and clean and that kind of stuff, really. Okay, that all right. And Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs is on the blower, kind of. It's high-tech stuff. He's in a studio in Waikato in Hamilton. Um Look, there are some serious questions that you really do need to clarify with these doggy daycare people. What are some of those, Darren? Yeah, because because it's, it is an unregulated um, organisation or, or job, um, you do need to make sure that you're getting the, the facts. And I think the word transparency is the most important thing. If any of the, if you ask any of these questions and, and the owner or the staff won't answer, I mean, mm. if they don't know, then find someone who does, but they won't answer it, I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole, personally. Right. Um, so number one, I think, is most important, is um, what your vaccination requirements for the dogs. Now, the majority of them won't take unvaccinated dogs, and, and quite rightly so. Um, when you've got other people's dogs there, you, you have to be... Um, thinking about the care of those dogs, yeah. Mm. So that's the most important one. Um, kennel cough is an interesting one. Some um, some daycares expect you to have kennel cough, and some don't. So you can have a think about that one. Mm. Um, have a chat with your vet about kennel cough because um, it doesn't last forever, um, and different vaccinations I think last for a certain time. So have a chat with your vet and get that one sorted. Definitely. Is that an intranasal <laughs> type inoculation? Yeah. yeah. Oh, if you've ever had to give that to a dog, it's so hard. Mm. <laughs> I would suggest um, practicing that one as a puppy because mm. um, it's hard work if you haven't done that um, question two then um, what's their spay and neutering requirements majority of daycares won't take intact dogs because the way that intact dogs and um, neutered dogs interact is very different mm. and uh, you don't want sort of aggression uh, happening um, but have a chat with them um, obviously a puppy up to a certain age what, what's their age limit for when it needs to be spayed could be a year sometimes after a year that's a year is too much so mm. have a chat with them about that um, What's the trial process? Now, the, the bed and biscuit that we went to, we got a free day. So Twinkie and uh, Star went in for free, and that's quite standard. You'd expect that. Mm. And then they made a judgment call on whether the dogs were um, appropriate for their daycare. And, and, and don't get upset if they turn around and say, actually, I don't think this is a good fit for your dog. Um, they're looking at the rest of their dogs and saying if they're going to fit in. There's no point throwing a dog in somewhere that they're not going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's about like going to school and not liking it, isn't it? <coughs> so don't yeah, get upset. True. Just accept that. And find another dog daycare. There's, there's loads. Mm. <laughs> um, and you shouldn't, most places don't charge you for that first day. Yep. Um, what's the ratio of staff to dogs? Now, this is a really important one. I've been to some daycares where there's been hundreds of dogs and there's been like five or six people. Mm. In an ideal world, I think the recommended, and again, it's unregulated, but the recommended one's around one to 15, one to 10. That would be the perfect situation. 
but obviously small small doggy daycares the more staff you have the more expenses so it's kind of that balance isn't it between yeah. that but the last thing you want is a, a massive fight to sort of kick off mm. and you haven't got enough staff to separate it that's uh, not but that um, to be honest I don't think I've heard of that happening in any daycares. I'm sure it does, but certainly not something that I've heard of. Darren, just on that point, regardless of whether there's 100 dogs or just two dogs really fighting and you're quite frightened as an owner or just an observer, (coughs) what's the best way to involve yourself in that or not to? Um, Well, the recommendation is that you don't (laughs) because more people get injured by their own dog when you try and separate a fight than anything. Mm. Um, Generally, fights tend to peter out. And and it's interesting, if you watch dog fights um, on the internet and stuff, there might be 30, 40 dogs around, but it's only about those two dogs. Mm. Dogs are are animals, they don't don't jump in. They might bark around and sort of like fight, but uh, bark around and and, and encourage the fight, but they very rarely get stuck in. It'll just be those two dogs. Mm -hmm. So that's normally the way. But um, you can put boards between them. You can use... um, uh, fire extinguishers if you need to there's a whole load of stuff you can find on the council websites and how you do that but oh, I think okay. what happens when it happens is you just react <coughs> and for good or bad I guess it's um, quite frightening it's a horrible situation oh, to it's, be in it's horrible yeah it's if horrible. you've got questions for Darren Rowe you've still got 10 minutes or so to squeeze those in on 0800 844 a couple of texts coming in as well I'll Oof. come to those soon yep. but how many dogs in each group why is that important um, so again just keeping that if you think about dogs they when they're when they're in a daycare, they're, they're running free, they're getting excited. And if you have too many dogs, then you can find that the excitement levels get too much. They might start to then get a bit silly behaviours. Even, not necessarily aggressive, but some dogs just have enough and then there's nowhere for them to go. Mm. So just keep in those groups small and you'll probably find um, in most daycares, they'll, they might have 30 or 40 dogs in one group, but they'll separate them off and some will be outside, some will be indoors, some will be crated. That's the other thing. When a yeah. dog goes to a daycare, they're not running around free all day or they shouldn't be. They should have sleepy times. Right. So so they might be in a crate for 10, 15 minutes. And if they if they are getting too excited, it's quite um, right for the daycare attendants to take the dog away, put it in a crate, calm it down, or put it somewhere to calm it okay. down, and then bring it back in. Are they separated by, do you like to get all the silly little chihuahuas in one <coughs> group and the Great Danes in another? How does it work? So again, so it depends on the daycare. Um, a lot of daycares will separate small dogs from big dogs. And, and I think that's more a, a sort of person thing, that the... Uh, your average small dog owner doesn't want their little tiny dog being um, abused by a bigger dog, and quite rightly so. They might be scared, because remember, all dogs come to daycares with all sorts of problems. Um, generally, after a while, those problems tend to go. Um, mm. But you might have a small dog that's been quite upset by a big dog, and you don't want them to suddenly get a great big dog coming in and, and hurting them. So they sometimes separate them. But saying that, actually, in my opinion, dogs should be mixing big dogs and small dogs dogs are dogs yeah and if we can get that and they do that some daycares do that anyway well one thing i'd be concerned about (coughs) especially if you had something like a waimarana that can leap a fence that's really really tall is is fencing quite a feature to look at yeah so i think um when you set up a doggy daycare one of the resource consents in new zealand is the fact you've got a six foot fence or or adequate fencing especially if you're jumping out onto a main road or you're jumping out onto a residential area that kind of thing so Mm. yeah fencing but but when you go there have a look around they they normally let you have a look around if they're transparent enough um but don't get offended if you turn up in the middle of the day and they say actually it's not appropriate today because you if you think about there's like 40 or 40 50 dogs there you walk in they all kick off and then the staff then have to deal with that energy increase as you go and it'll take about 50 minutes after you've gone to calm them down so maybe at the end of the day but check the top of the fences and the bottom that's the important one the dogs a dog will go underneath a fence much quicker than it will over so uh, a lot of energy yeah. to go over yeah check yeah, underneath true.
All right, Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. He's here for you on 0800 844 747. Also, we'll come back and talk more about certification and what happens in terms of liabilities with injuries at daycare as well. But Colin has joined us. G'day, Colin. How are you? Good morning, Colin. Good, thank you. Um, Just a question. I have a Japanese spit that's uh, 14 months old, and he um, continues to mark his territory um, in a couple of places inside the house and it's a jolly nuisance and he hasn't been fixed up I didn't know whether that made a difference or not but can you give me any advice yeah I can um, and I probably could give this to uh, John the producer as well because he's got ones that's about a little bit younger now but um, um, that marking the territory um, certainly that will change um, if they are neutered that, that can disappear but if it's become a habit already then that's not necessarily the case I think what's probably happening I and mean, it sounds to me you can correct me is it in a similar place all the time yes it's the same yeah. place yeah so so dogs noses are absolutely fantastic they can smell so much more than we can and and even though we clean the area really well with um with detergents and stuff sometimes the dog will still smell that and then that will be the trigger for them to actually pee again and they're just over scenting their own marks just to, in case another dog comes along and says oh who lives here ah. so so the best thing to do um someone told me i think the queen actually with a corgis she uses um bicarbonate of soda and lemon and water and that gets rid of it and um, someone else told me that you can use um, one of those uh, biological washing powders enzymatic washing powders because it's actually the bacteria that grow on the urine that make the smell so if you can oh, get rid of the bacteria then you can get rid of it now the Colin, alternative is uh, oh, sorry. sorry no i was just going to squeeze in there that my producer john budger said there actually is a spray you can buy from the pet shop that um, does the yeah. same job here <clears throat> just be careful with some of the sprays just check the backs <laughs> jumping in there um just make sure they're not ammonia based Right. Okay. A lot of a lot of right. ammonia based. And if you think about ammonia, it's just urine. So you're spraying pee on pee. So oh my it worse. god! Um, the Ugh. other the other thing is, if it's on a carpet, mm. just remember it will soak through into the un- into the um, underlay, and then you'll never get rid of smell. The only way really to get rid of it is to cut the piece of carpet out. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but, but the best thing is, yeah, the best Thank thing you. is to take them out. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, I reckon that's a it's horrible a thing. One, Especially oh, when you love one. your dog and oh, maybe you yeah. should try marking the territory yourself. You could both you know, have a peeing competition. <laughs> oh, Look, oh, what gosh. happens at daycare when there's an injury to the dog? Your dog comes home and you notice something wrong with their paws or there's a little bite mark or something or a, yeah. something worse. Who's liable for that? Well, well, in an ideal world, your doggy daycare will have noticed it and they'll have phoned home anyway. Most, the majority of them are really good. But, I mean, the ones I've been to, they're constantly watching the dogs all the time. It's not just go and sit down, have a cup of tea whilst they're all running around. Mm. Um, so they're always watching. If they spot something like that, they will phone you and let you know. Um, as long as it's not sort of, it's just something silly, then that's okay. But in terms of liability, I, I would imagine that um, you sign a contract saying that you're liable for any vet bills mm. um, because that's not something the doggy daycare really could cope with, um, I would say. But... <laughs> If it's run properly mm. and the stress levels, the excitement levels are managed, and that's the most important thing with doggy daycare, and like I say, take my hat off to the ones that do it well, um, you shouldn't ever escalate to that kind of thing. Yeah. And if they do, then they're separated. But yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah so Izzy, Izzy the Waimarana heads off to daycare. It's like going to a private school. The fees are quite extraordinary, but I'd want that kind of money for looking after a fleet of dogs as well, to be honest. What sort of certification <laughs> yeah. or training does a daycare for dogs have to have? So... <coughs> Sorry. Um, so in New Zealand, there is no recognised qualification. I've said for dog training even, there's no recognised qualification for dog training or for doggy daycares. There's a lot of um, uh, companies in America and Australia now that are doing their own certification, mm. that are running daycares. And 
and that's fantastic and there are some great ones there as long as the things that they do are good mm. <laughs> but there's no gold standard um i think that's changing it's in the winds at the moment um but that's probably not going to come out for a few more years probably so i think what you want to do is you want to make sure um that there's maybe someone there that's been a vet nurse that's always a good one so they understand a bit about the um, the the medical side of it mm-hmm. um, I quite often go into doggy daycares and, and work with them to make sure they understand the behavioural aspects and that's a really good thing you know you could ask them if they had a canine behaviourist in to help them that tells you that they're thinking seriously about their behaviours because that's really what they're dealing with all day um, and you want to know do they have a dog I mean if they don't have a dog of their own then I'm, I'm going to be thinking well you know, should what they would be you know? Running a doggy daycare? Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but don't get upset if they don't. They say they don't have an NCA in this or whatever in that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm quite. Um, a, I'm quite. <coughs> I'm actually quite blown away that I don't have to any have any certification. That's um, a bit well, concerning, it's in, isn't it? It's interesting, though, isn't it? The certifications don't always say. Don't always make you a good dog trainer or a good mm. doggy daycare or a good dog walker it's actually having that ability to read dogs which is actually probably more important in that yeah. situation so, i would uh, imagine the dog community is quite small pop along to your vet clinic or wherever oh, your definitely. pet shop they will tell you they will know the good oh, ones look, won't they yeah, yeah rachel they rachel thank you for your text it says hi g'day darren can you please tell me what to feed my seven-year-old border collie and i know you'll know this because you're a border <laughs> collie fan seven-year-old mm. um Gosh, um, seven border collies are still quite energetic around seven, um, as long as they're they're medically okay. Um, I would say, again, the best food you possibly can if it's a kibble, make sure it's a high energy food at seven. Mm. Um, but match the food with the energy level that you've, you're giving your dog. So if your dog's running out there um, two or three hours a day in daycare, then they're going to need a good quality food to to keep their energy levels up. Um, you could go down the raw food, you could go down the kibble food. Um, Again, there are probably better people out there suited to give advice on that one. There's plenty of information on the internet there. All I say with food is just make sure you're giving the best quality. And the most important thing is whether it's raw or dry, make sure you're giving your dog everything they need. Some raw foods, they're not whole raw foods. And even when they say they are, they're not giving the dog everything they need. So you might need to supplement. Yeah. Good that advice. Said, Good not advice. all kibble. Not all kibble has everything a dog needs. <laughs> Darren, <laughs> we could talk about this all day, but sadly we are out of time. But people oh, can no. they can catch yeah. up with you and they can get you on the interweb and on the telephone and get all the advice they need for them and their dog. How do they find you? Yeah, so you can you can do a search for Darren Rowe if you want, you'll find me on that. Or you can do a search for Mindfulness for Dogs. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, all, all over. <laughs> yeah. Every day there's another platform, it seems. <laughs> Darren, we really appreciate your time here, the whole team. Thank you so Thank much you, for Ryan. giving us time here on the Sunday Cafe. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.